us as we uh, open up your word, Lord. I pray that you would help me uh, to be able to just clear my mind and clear my thoughts, Lord. And uh, there's nothing more important in the world that we could be doing right now than opening your word. And Lord, I pray that you would help me at this time. Uh, give me words to say, Father. Help me to say the things that you would have me to say. Lord, help this to be a time, not just another Sunday where we came to church and uh, we had a, uh, a nice time, but Lord, that you would allow this time to be a time where we would hear from you, Lord, and that maybe uh, somebody, somebody would, would have a, a life change. Somebody would learn something that they could apply and uh, draw closer to you. We love you, Lord. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we're there in Joseph, in the story of Joseph, Genesis chapter number 39. And some of you may be wondering, if you remember, we're, we're going through a series on Sunday mornings entitled Five Keys to Unlocking God's Blessings. Last week we uh, dealt with Mother's Day and we preached a Mother's Day sermon, but we're back into our series. And if you remember a few, a few weeks ago when we started the series, we began with an introductory sermon kind of explaining uh, what prosperity is and what God's blessings is. And we were in Genesis 39 and we talked about Joseph and uh, we're... Back in Genesis 39, I'm not going to pre- re-preach the same sermon, but we're kind of looking at one of the keys here for God's blessings. And if you remember, we first talked about one of the keys to God's blessing is to meditate upon God's Word, or to memorize God's Word, to have it and hide it in your heart. The second key we talked about was not only to meditate on God's Word, but was to obey God's Word, and to actually do what the Bible says. Today, I'd like to talk to you about something that we find here in the life of Joseph, and, and just to kind of remind you, because we had the Mother's Day sermon, and just to bring you back to the, the what we were thinking about, Joseph was highly blessed and a very prosperous man. If you look at verse number 2, Genesis 39, the Bible says, and the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw that the Lord was with him, with Joseph, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. The master could see that the Lord made everything that Joseph did to prosper in his hand. Verse 4, And Joseph found grace in his sight, and served him, and he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had, he put into his hand. So Joseph is is risen to a a position of leadership. Verse 5, And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in his house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hands. And he knew not aught he had save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. So we see here, Joseph is prospering. Everything he sets his hands to do, God is blessing it. He's well favored. God is blessing him. God is taking care of him. Joseph was a blessed man. Now if you remember, one of the things we talked about when we talked about the prosperity and the blessings of God is that you cannot measure prosperity by how much money you have in your bank account. It's not connected to how convenient your life is or how pleasurable your life is. The one thing we see over and over and over in the life of Joseph is that God was with Joseph. The Lord was with him. And he was blessed even while in prison. He was blessed even while in slavery. He was blessed even while going through troubles and going through hard times because God was with him. But today I'd like us to focus on kind of a different aspect of Joseph and something that we talked about when we were with in Genesis 39 a few weeks ago, uh, but we didn't really highlight it a lot. And I want you to notice Joseph was a man of great integrity. 
And today, the word integrity is not something that we talk a lot about. I mean, in the church realm and in the church religious setting, you may hear the word integrity from time to time. But in our culture and our society, it's not something that's really lifted up. It's not a quality or a virtue that, that people highlight today. It's not something that we're really taught through the media or even a lot of parents. Will teach. And you may be even thinking to yourself, I'm not even really sure what the word integrity means. I mean, we all kind of have an idea what integrity means. But we see in the life of Joseph that Joseph was a great man of integrity. And we can see through his life what it means to be someone who has integrity. And I'd like to just highlight a few things for you in regards to what integrity is. Number one, integrity, if you're taking notes, you can uh, maybe write these down in your course of the week there on the back of the paper. There's a place for sermon notes. If you'd like to take notes, please make good use of that. Number one, integrity is doing right by conviction, not circumstances. Integrity is doing right by conviction, not circumstances. Look at Genesis 39, look at verse number 7. This young man Joseph, and he's a young man at this time. In verse number 7, he, he's given a temptation. The Bible says, And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife, do you see that? His boss, his boss's wife, cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. Now in verse 8 the Bible tells us, But he, Joseph, refused, and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. So the wife of the master says, Hey, come lie with me. Hey, come sleep with me. Hey, let's commit adultery together. That's the temptation that he's given. And Joseph refuses. Now go to verse number 1 of Genesis 39. And I want you to understand this, okay? Joseph, and I know you're familiar with the story of Joseph, so I won't spend a lot of time dealing with it. But Genesis 39 1 says this, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him, uh, bought him of the hand of the Israelites, which we had brought him down hither. Joseph, if you remember the story, has been completely taken advantage of. His own siblings sold him into slavery. He came down to Egypt. He's been purchased as the property of an individual. He's not around his mom. He's not around his dad. He's not around anybody that would love him, that would take care of him, that, that, that would, would show him any kind of kindness or as far as more than just you know an investment because he's their property. And if, and if anybody was in a position to say, I'm going to go ahead and do this, because, you know, I've been given a bad life. And I've been dealt a bad hand. And I'm just going to do this for myself. I know it's wrong. I know it's wrong to commit adultery. I know it's wrong to lie with the wife of another man. But you know what? No one cares about me. No one, you know, nobody realizes, nobody cares what's fair in my life. I've been taken advantage of. I've been lied about. I've been, if there was a time when somebody could say, you know what? I'm going to forget what's moral. I'm going to forget what's right. I'm going to forget what, what God would have me to do. And because of my circumstances, I'm just going to do what feels good. If anybody was ever in that position, it was Joseph. But Joseph hold a, holds a virtue that many of us don't hold. And it's this. He was a man who lived his life by convictions, and it did not matter what his circumstances, how they changed, how taken advantage of he felt like, how unfair he thought his life was. He was guided by a standard that right is right all the time, no matter what's going on. 
And you find this throughout Scripture. Keep your finger there in Genesis 39. Go with me to the book of Job. Let me show you another very, in, uh, you know, very well-known uh, man in the Bible, Job. If you if you open up your Bible, just kind of right in the center, you'll more than likely follow in the book of Psalms. Right before the book of Psalms, you got the book of Job. I know you're familiar with the story of Job, but let me just give you a couple of highlights. Job chapter number 1. Job chapter number 1. Job, you got to understand this. Job was a man who was highly blessed of God, and Job was a man of great integrity. Job chapter 1, the Bible says, There was a man in the land of Oz whose name was Job. And that man was, notice these words, he was perfect and upright. The word upright is used, is the same word as having integrity. He did right. And one that feared God and eschewed, that word means to shun or to avoid evil. This was a man who feared God and he avoided evil. He avoided wrong. He was upright. He was perfect. So not only was this a man of great integrity, he was also a man that was highly blessed. Look at verse 2. And there was born unto him seven sons and three daughters. Hey, children are the inheritance of the Lord. Children are a great blessing. Verse 3. Not only do they have great children, verse 3, the Bible says his substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yoke of oxen and 500 she-asses and a very great household so that this man was the greatest of all of the men of the east. This man was highly blessed. I mean, God had blessed him financially. God had given him a great family, given him a great life, given him a great home. Skip down to verse number 6. And you know the story. The circumstances of this man Job changed. Verse 6 says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? Now it's interesting. That God would point out this man Job and highlight Job to Satan and say, What do you think about Job? Hast thou considered my servant Job? Notice what God says about him. That there is none like him. That will show you that integrity is a virtue that is not found in most people. He says there is none like him. Well, what's so different about him? There is none like him in the earth. Here's what's different about Job. He's a perfect and an upright man. One that feareth God and is true as evil. He says, he said, have you thought about, have you ever considered Job? I mean, isn't he quite a unique guy? Well, what's unique about him, God? He's upright. What's unique about him, God? He's perfect. And the word perfect doesn't mean that, you know, he, he was without sin. The word perfect means that he was complete. He completely gave himself to God. He tried to follow God in every area of his life. And God says, hey, isn't Job an interesting guy? Now look at verse 9. Then Satan, being the accuser of the brethren, then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God or not? Has not thou made an hedge about him? And about his house, and about all that he had on every side. Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he had, and he will curse thee to thy face. Now you got to understand this. Satan accuses Job, and he accuses God. And here's the, here's the theory that Satan puts out. Satan says, God, the only reason that Job walks with integrity... The only reason that Job is a perfect man and an upright man is because you have highly blessed him. Now notice what God says. Verse 12. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. 
Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Now you got to understand this, okay, as we, as we get into the sermon. Here's, here's Satan's theory. He has, integ- he has integrity because of his circumstances. Because you bless his circumstances, he serves you, God. If you change his circumstances, he'll curse you to your face. And God says, okay, I'll take you up on that. Go ahead, you can hurt, just don't hurt him, don't hurt his body, you can hurt anything else. Look at verse 13. And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house, and there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing, and the asses feeding beside them, and the Sabaeans fell upon them, and took them away, yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. So you got a messenger coming to Job, and I know you know the story. They come to Job, and they say, Hey Job, you've been robbed. You lost a great fortune. Your servants have been put to death. He said, I am, I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Verse 16. While he was yet speaking, while the first guy is giving him the bad news, while the first guy is explaining to him what happens, there came also another and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven, and hath burned up the sheep and the servants, and consume them. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. So then, you know, Job had like, he diversified his investments, you know. He had the cattle on one side, the sheep on the other side. And he lost his cattle, but at least he's got the sheep. And then the other guy shows up and says, nope, sheep are gone. Fire fell from heaven. God is punishing you, Job. God, you know, notice who gets blamed. God does. Who does the Bible tell us did, did the attack? It was Satan. But who do we often blame when things go bad in our life? Well, God is doing this to me. And they say, God sent fire from heaven, and the sheep and the servants are they're consumed. And I am escaped alone to tell thee. Verse 17. While he was yet speaking, before the guy even gets the words out of his mouth, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels, and have carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. At this point, Job has lost everything to his name. He is financially ruined. Everything he has is gone. Verse 18. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's son. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house and it fell upon the young men and they are dead and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And in a matter of a few short verses, the life of Job is completely thrown apart. I mean, it's flipped over. He goes from a great family, great children, he loves them, we don't read the verses, he gets up and prays for his kids, he does a sacrifice for his kids, he, he has, he, he's successful in business, he has all these finances, he's a guy that we would look at and be like, wow, he's highly blessed, wow, God really loves Job, God is really blessing Job. And in a few short moments, the circumstances around Job flip. But notice what Job says, verse 20. Some of the greatest, probably the most amazing verses in scripture. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, notice, notice what he said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return hither. The Lord gave and the Lord uh, hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now notice verse 22. In all this Job sinned not in charge and nor charged God foolishly. Now in chapter 2, 
Satan and God begin to talk about, have a conversation about what happened in, verse, in chapter 1. Look at verse 2. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Has I considered my servant Job? And there is none like him in the earth. A perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and is true as evil. Now notice what God says, and don't miss this. And still... Satan. And still, he holdeth fast his, what's that say? Integrity. Although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. Here's what you got to understand. You say, what is integrity? Integrity is this. Living your life by conviction, not circumstances. See, Satan had this false idea. He thought, Job serves you, God, because of his circumstances. And if we can change his circumstances, then he will no longer serve you. But what, what Satan did not understand about Job, and what people don't understand about Joseph, and what we oftentimes don't understand about God, is that God blesses those who have integrity, because integrity means that you don't change based on your circumstances. Integrity is doing right, no matter who's right. But see, here's how most Christians live their lives. You come to church and it's like, hallelujah, praise the Lord, get me a King James Bible, but you, you get around your worldly friends and it's like, get God. You know, do you change your character based on who you are? Or who you're around? Do you change the things you say, the things you talk about? There are things that you do with friends. I'll tell you, you say, well, I never do that with my Christian friends. Well, what that tells us is this, and what that tells us about, about you is this. You are someone who lacks integrity. Because integrity is having a virtue, which means I am who I am. No matter, you take me from my family, you take me down to Egypt, you sell me in Potiphar's house, and I'm still not going to do wrong, because my, my, my integrity is not connected to my circumstances. Doing right is not, if, if there was anybody who would have cursed God, and nobody would have thought anything of it, would it not be Job? And yet Job says, I'm not going to charge God foolishly. His wife accused him, saying, Does thou retain thine integrity? Go, go back to Genesis 39. You gotta, you gotta understand, integrity is doing right, not based on your circumstances, but based on your convictions. But I, I'd like you to see something else about integrity. Number two, integrity is doing right even if no one would find out about what you did wrong. Integrity is, if you were too right, even if no one would ever find out that you did wrong. Are you there in Genesis 39? Look at verse 10. And it came to pass, as she spake, remember the wife? She spake to Joseph day by day. And he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business. And there was, notice this, there was none of the men of the house there within. Joseph finds himself in a situation where he's in a house alone with a woman. And there's nobody else there. And by the way, you men be very, you know, you ought not be just alone in a car or alone in a house, alone in a room with a woman that you're not married to. Joseph found himself in a lot of problems. He didn't do anything wrong, but he put himself in a very bad situation. And you know, at Verity Baptist Church, you know, Pastor Jimenez does absolutely zero counseling. Uh, you are never going to, you know, if, if women, can, you know, can, can, I, can I counsel with you, Pastor? You know, you want to get alone in some room by yourself. We're not going to do it. It's not going to happen. Because 
The Bible teaches us that we ought to be wise and realize that that is not a good place to be. But here Joseph finds himself. He's in this house with this woman by himself. The Bible says there was none of the men of the house there with him. Verse 12. And she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. Integrity. See, he could have lied with her. No one would have ever known. There's nobody in the house. Your family's gone. You've been done wrong. Joseph, why don't you just give in? Why don't you just do it? But Joseph was a man of integrity. He said, I'm not going to do this. He said, it doesn't matter if no one will ever know. It doesn't matter if my circumstances, you know, are those which people would say, well, I understand why Joseph... He said, it doesn't matter. I'm going to do right. This is a virtue that so many people don't have today. Because today we are taught, it's okay if I get away with it. And it's only wrong if I get caught. And I can, I'll, I'll do it as long as no one finds out. You are a person with no integrity. Because you ought to do right even if you can get away with it. You ought to do right. It's wrong to commit adultery. Even if no one will ever find out. Your wife will never find out. But a person of integrity would say, I don't care about the neighbor. No one will find out. I don't care what my circumstances are. I don't care what people... It doesn't matter. It's right to do right all the time. And it's always wrong to do wrong. Integrity is not only doing right based on convictions, not circumstances. Integrity is doing right even when no one would find out about the wrong that you did. Integrity is doing right no matter how it turns out. Notice how it turned out for Joseph. Verse 13. And it came to pass, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand, she went and, and, and was fled forth. Then she called unto the men of her house and spake unto, the, unto them, saying, See, he hath brought in an Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me. And I cried with a loud voice. So she accused him falsely. And it came to pass, when he had heard that I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. Skip down to verse number 19. And it came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife, which he spake unto him, which were lies, saying, After this pattern did thy servant to me. And his wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in prison. Now look, you got to understand this. A person of integrity will do right even if it doesn't turn out right for them. A person of integrity will do right even if it means they get thrown into prison for something they did not. Do you understand that? How easy would it have been for Joseph to say, I've been done wrong. No one cares about me. I've been sold into slavery. There's no one in the house. No one will ever find out. And then, and then he does right, and he gets thrown in prison. But you got to understand this. Joseph was a man of integrity. And Joseph said, Joseph said, I am going to do right, no matter how it turns out. And you know, he lost his reputation. He lost his freedom. But you know what Joseph did not lose? Look at verse 21. He gets thrown into prison. He lost everything. But here's what he didn't lose. But the Lord was with Joseph. And showed him mercy. And gave him favor in the sight of the keepers of the prison. See, you, you need to understand. And, and you know, let me ask you this question. What would you do? What would you do that's right even if it cost you? What would you do that? What would you do if you thought you could get away with it? What, how do you change based on the crowd? How do you change? And, and here are the questions. Because we got to answer this question for ourselves. Are we men and are we women of integrity? Or are we men and women of circumstances? Or are we men and women of convenience? 
Or do we do right only when it's easy? And only when it doesn't cost us something? And only if God turns it out for us? Because men like Job and men like Joseph said, I will do right no matter what comes from it. Joseph was highly blessed. And see, you've got to understand this. Go, go, to, go, to, second, uh, go to Second Corinthians chapter 4. Let, let me just kind of give you a few more things in regards to integrity. Walking with integrity is this, walking in truth. Walking with integrity is this, not hiding anything. Walking with integrity is this, my life is open, my life is, you can watch my life, you can look at me, you can, you can test me. There is truth. Are you there in 2 Corinthians chapter 4? Look at verse 2, this is what the Apostle Paul said. But have renounced, notice, this is what Paul said, I've renounced. I've renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. But by manifestation of the truth. Paul says, I'm not hiding anything. I'm not being dishonest. Paul, Paul wasn't married, but he would say, I'm not hiding anything from my wife. Paul, Paul would say, hey wives, don't, don't be hiding stuff from your husbands. Hey, don't be lying to your boss. Don't be lying to your wife. Don't, don't hide something. Don't live dishonestly. He said, but by manifestation. The word manifestation means to be able to see. He said, I live my life in a way where people can see the manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Go to chapter 8, look at verse 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 21. 2 Corinthians 8, 21 says this, providing for honest things. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 21. Providing for honest things. Not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. Go to Proverbs chapter number 3. Proverbs chapter number 3. Let me kind of bring it down to what I'm trying to get to. All, all of that was kind of introduction. I mean, let me explain, you know, what's the key. Here's what you understand. Satan had an idea of God's blessings that often you and I have. And it's this. I'll serve God as long as God blesses my circumstances. And if my circumstances change, then I'll serve God. People say, Pastor, if I can just get a job that pay me more money, I would, I would give. Pastor, if I, just, if I can just do this, if, I, if my circumstances are wrong, then I would live for God. Then I would do right. Then I would have integrity. But see, right now, you don't understand my life. My life is in such a way that I have to hide things. I have to hide things from my husband. I have to hide things from my wife. I have to be deceitful at work. I have to, you know, just lie. And I have to uh, not live in truth because of the circumstances. And if my circumstances would change. But here's what you don't understand. God blessed these people because they were the type of people that would do right no matter what circumstances they were in. Are you there in Proverbs chapter 3? Look at verse 3. Let not mercy and... Notice this word, truth. That's what we're talking about, right? That's integrity. Living a life of truth. Living a life where you're not hiding anything. You're not deleting anything off the, you know, the, the, the memory on the computer. You're not hiding any magazines from your wife. You're not living a, a two-faced life. He says, let not mercy and truth... Notice, he says, he says, don't allow truth to forsake thee. He says, live a life of truth. Even if it hurts you, Joseph. Live a life of truth. Even if, if it causes you to lose your job. Even if it causes you to get fired. Even if it causes you to lose friendship. Live a life of truth. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Notice what he says. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Notice verse 4. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Let me just be very frank with you. 
You know why some of you struggle so much and you say, I just feel like God isn't blessing me. God won't help me financially. God won't help me with my job. God won't. And I'm here to tell you, you, you're actually right. God isn't blessing you. And God isn't helping you. And God isn't on your side. Because God refuses to bless people who walk with no integrity. And it is because of the hidden sins of your life. And it is because of the deceitfulness in your life. And because of the two-facedness of your life. That God says, I have no glory in that. I have no, there's nothing that impresses me about you. I'm not going to bless you. you got to understand this. Hidden sins hinder God. Why doesn't God bless me? Why is God hindered in my life? Because of hidden sins in your life. Because of a lack of walking in truth in your life. Because of a lack of integrity. Because you act one way in one circumstance and you act another way in another circumstance and you're two-faced and you don't have integrity and God says, I'm not impressed with you. Because you lie. Because there's no truth in you. Because you're hiding. Because you're deceitful. God, you say, what? I want God's blessing in my life. Walk in light. I want God's blessing in my life. Walk in truth. I want God's blessing in my life. Get sin out of your life and get right with God and get right with your wife and get right with your husband and get right with your children and quit lying to people and just walk with integrity and God says hey if you would keep truth and not forsake it and how, and, and he says bind it about thy neck and write it upon the table of thy heart he said you would find good favor with God and man if you walk in truth when you start getting right with God when you start actually being honest with yourself God says, hey, I would bless you. I would... Did Joseph have favor with God, Edmund? Everywhere he went, he got promoted. Everywhere he went, people said, that's a good guy right there. Let's promote that guy. In slavery, in prison, and in the palace, everywhere he went, they said, bless him. The guy had favor with God. Why? Because he did not allow truth to forsake him. But let me just give you one more thing. And, and I, I want to make sure... I don't want, This isn't part of the sermon, but we're here, so I want you to see it. Do you notice that it says, let not mercy and truth forsake thee? Notice those two go hand in hand, mercy and truth. Now we're talking about truth this morning. Walking with integrity. But let me tell you something. It is easy for people, they start coming to an independent fundamental Baptist church. And you start getting the sin out of your life. You know, you, you were a drunk, you were cheating on your wife, you were looking at pornography, you were getting you know high on drugs, you were living all this world. But now you're getting right with God and praise the Lord for it. Now you're starting to walk with God and praise the Lord for it. But you know what often causes, happens in people's lives is this. When they start walking in truth, they start getting a self-righteous attitude. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, like, hey, hey, I'm getting right with God. Why don't you guys all get right with God? What's wrong with you? And we start blasting people. We start talking about people behind their back. We start, you know, we, we go on Facebook or on Twitter and tell everybody, you're not right with God. You're not right with it. And it's like, you were doing the same thing last week. This is why God says, He says, let not mercy and truth forsake you. He said, I'm walking in truth, don't forget mercy. I'm going to run with God. Well, have mercy on those that maybe aren't where you're at. He says, you need mercy and truth. He said, but if you would get mercy and you would get truth, if you would walk in life, if you would walk not, not hiding things, not lying to people, and, and be truthful in your dealing, he said, if you would walk with integrity and love people and have mercy and show mercy to those that maybe aren't where you're at. And you know, today we like to, you don't know this, and you don't know that, and let me tell you what I heard, let me tell you what I read, and you need to get that, you need to stop doing this. Hey, why don't you just show some mercy to people that maybe aren't where you're at? Amen. Oh. 
He says, let not mercy enter for sin. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Go to Proverbs 28. See, Joseph and Job both understood this thing. Hidden sins hinder God. Hidden sins hinder God. Why doesn't God come through for me? Your hidden sins are hindering God from coming through for you. Are you in Proverbs 28? Look at verse 13. He that covereth his sin, that's a lack of integrity, shall not prosper. So Pastor Manus, what's the key to God's blessing? Walk in integrity. What's the key to God's blessing? Don't cover your sins. Don't hide your sins. Be truthful. See, the question is this. Are you a man, are you a woman of integrity? How do you change based around your circumstances? When you're around different groups of people, safe people, unsafe people, people at work, you're with the pastor, you're with your family, you're with your friends, you're with your neighbors, are you the same everywhere you go? Answer that question in your heart. I'm not asking you to raise your hand and tell all of us. I'm saying, if you if you could honestly say in your heart, you know what? Yeah, I kind of do change based on my circumstances. I'm just going to tell you, that's a lack of integrity. You say, well, Pastor, why are you trying to make me feel bad? Here's the encouraging thing. You can gain integrity in your life. Amen. What would you do if you thought you could get away with it? Sir, would you commit adultery if you thought you could get away with it? And the only reason you don't is because I don't think I can get away with it. That's not the right reason to not commit adultery. The right reason to not commit adultery is because it's a sin and it's wrong. Are you a man of integrity? Would you do right if it meant it cost you something? See, it's easy to do right when we get the award. It's easy to do right when people have, you know, oh, I did this thing and then the boss is like, good job, praise the Lord. What if your boss is the one that is asking you to lie? What if your boss said, hey, I need you to lie about this one thing. You know, I know these records, that's not really what happened. And if you don't do it, you're going to lose your job. Would you do right? Even if it cost you. Joseph did right. They threw him in prison. But see, his integrity was not attached to the circumstances. His integrity was not attached to those people around him. His integrity was attached to the fact that he loved and walked with God. Are you covering sins? Are there hidden sins in your life? Do you walk with integrity? See, it, it all connects to this one thing. Go back to Genesis 39. We're, we're done. We're almost done. We're, we're going to look at a few passages and we'll be finished. You say, well, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, if my boss is asking me to do wrong, I mean, is it really wrong if he's asking me to do it? I mean, he's the boss. Here's what you got to say. And here's why why integrity is not something we talk about today. Because integrity is stupid if there is no God. Doing right when it would hurt you is dumb if there is no God. Do you understand that? Doing right, even even if you could get away with it and it wouldn't hurt anybody, is not smart if there is no God. But Joseph understood one thing. Look, are you there in Genesis 39? Look at verse 7. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. 
But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wanteth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. Verse 9. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then? Now here's what's interesting. When you read up to here, Joseph is like, I can't do this. It's wrong. My, my boss, you know, he's given me authority. My boss, he's promoted me. He hasn't kept back anything from me. The only thing he's kept back is you, because it's your wife. And it kind of sounds like Joseph is saying, like, you know, I really like my boss. I can't sin against my boss. But notice, that's not what Joseph says. Look at the last part of verse 9. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? You say, how do I get integrity? Here's how you get integrity. When you realize that our sins are not against man. You're not sinning against your wife. Like you are, I understand that. You're not sinning against your husband. You're not lying to your boss. You're not lying to your friends. You're not fooling everybody with the things that you're doing that nobody knows about. Our sins are against God. And when we realize that, then we realize that there's no reason to change my circumstances because my, I'm not going to sin against God. There's no reason to do something even if I would get away with it in world, by man's standards because I'm not going to get away with it with God. There's no reason to, 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 to lie because I can't lie to God. See, Joseph lived his life knowing I can't sin against God. This would be a sin against God. God would know. I know they're not here. I know they wouldn't know. I know my family's far away. But God knows. He said, I can't sin against God. Amen. And when you live your life walking with the understanding that when you lie to Pastor Jimenez, you're not lying. You're not sinning against Pastor Jimenez. You're sinning against God. And when we realize that, we would develop integrity. And when we walk in integrity, we would begin to see God pour out His favor on man and on God, with God in our lives. Because the reason Joseph was blessed and the reason Job was blessed was not because what Satan thought. They walked with integrity because you blessed them. They actually were blessed because they walked with integrity. You know, imagine what would happen in your life, in my life, with your relationship with your spouse, with your relationship with your family. Imagine what would happen in this community if a bunch of Christians started living with the understanding that when we sin, it is a sin against God. And I'm not going to sin. I'm going to walk righteously. I'm going to walk truthfully. I'm going to walk in the light. Not because I don't want to get caught, but because I want to honor God. What would happen? Imagine the impact in this community if people... Hey, well, hey, you want to steal this from the boss? No one will ever know. They don't even know it's back here. But God, God would know, though. So I'm not going to do it. Imagine the impact you would have on here. But you see, you know why our families don't take us seriously, our friends don't take us seriously? is because we're all religious stuff on Sundays, but Monday's a different story. And Tuesday's a different story. And we change based on our circumstances... Oh, you don't understand. God is doing this to me. Hey, Job says, I don't care if God brought down fire from heaven. I don't care if God sent a whirlwind to kill my my children. He says, I'm not going to sin against God. Because I have integrity. Because I walk in truth. Are you a man of integrity? Are you a woman of integrity? It's a key to God's blessing.
you get blessed because of integrity. But hidden sins hinder God. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. Thank you for our church. And Lord, I, I know it's a basic sermon this morning. I know it's not a deep thought. But Father, I pray that you would help us to be people who walk with integrity. I know it's unheard of today. I know it's mocked at. It's laughed at. Why would you do right if it costs you something? Why would you do right if you can get away with it? But Father, help us to walk with the understanding that our sins are a sin against you. And if we walk with you, we should walk in light because you are light. Lord, I pray that there would be somebody here today who would say, you know what, I'm, I'm tired of being two-faced. I'm tired of, being, of hiding stuff. I'm just going to be real. And people might not be impressed with it, and people might think, oh, but I'm just going to walk in integrity. I'm going to stop lying. Because when we cover our sins, we shall not prosper. Help us to confess and forsake our sins. Father, we love you. In Jesus' name I pray.